And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. There's been one demand, and that's holding up that Lombardi trophy, period. That's all I care about, is holding that trophy up and holding that trophy up here. The prime thing is you have to win. You have to win. Otherwise... You can't be a success in professional football. You're listening to The State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Tashawn Reed, and Ted Nguyen on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network, our post-game edition. The presenting sponsor for today's episode of State of the Nation is Visa, a network working for everyone. The Raiders went to New York and they lost the game uh, 23-16 to the New York Giants. Not their best performance, and I think uh, we all didn't really know exactly what kind of a team we were going to see on Sunday, just given the events of the week. To a man, every player that spoke after the game refused to uh, point to everything that went on, everything they dealt with, the the motions of the week as an excuse, and... um, you know, you can believe him. You know, you can think what you want. Um, you know, Derek Carr did not play the best game, and they were playing a Giants team that you know, they should have been more than capable of beating. It wasn't a terrible performance, but but certainly not a great performance, and and I think one that Derek Carr will look back on, especially several throws. You look at him missing Darren Waller in the end zone. As he said, this one's on me. Um, he can't turn over the ball like that. Not a great performance by Derek Carr, and, and the Raiders do fall to five and three. Yeah, they didn't look flat or anything. I, I didn't get that impression just watching them. Uh, you know, I mean, they, they scored on their first drive, which is something that they rarely done this season. The defense was, even though they gave up a, a score on their first drive as well, they were pretty engaged early and making plays and, and fired up. And really throughout the week at, at practice, I mean, guys were energetic. You know, they, they were still playing music, dancing, trying to kind of get their mood back going. Um, and so that, that had been consistent, really, I think, the entire week throughout everything that's been going on. Really, it just came down to, to making miscues and whether it would be penalties or all the turnovers and just kind of these mistakes that put them in the hole against a team that they're probably still better than, even though they, they lost. And, uh, you know, I thought the defense um, played fine today. I, I mean, you know, given that they had the pick six, uh, they really only gave up, you know, 16 points. Another field goal that they gave up was coming off of that inter- the second interception that, that Derek Carr threw. And so... Uh, I think the defense played well enough for them to beat this Giants team, particularly given, you know, how they've looked so far against other opponents. Um, and so this is definitely a game the Raiders will look back at it as one they should have won. And it's kind of become consistent this, this season is, you know, the defense is kind of keeping them in games. And, you know, either their offense is really excelling or they have games like this where they, they really fall, fall flat. And what the emotions played into it or the actual football reasons behind Henry Ruggs not being out there. But uh, just overall, I think this was just, you know, a, a pretty sluggish offensive performance for them. Yeah, I think they were clearly out of sync offensively. I mean, they only scored one touchdown in six uh, red zone trips. Uh, Derek Carr, like you said, had a, had a bad day. He was off target a lot of times. I mean, the last play, of all people, Colton Miller, their best lineman, gets beat pretty badly and, and Carr gets hit and fumbles. So 
I know Rich Versace said, he was asked about Ruggs' um, absence on the field, how much it affected him on the field. He said he didn't think it was a factor, but clearly it was. I mean, clearly they missed that deep threat. They missed the explosiveness he gives you. And they pretty much said that as much after the game because they went ahead and signed uh, Deshaun Jackson almost immediately after the game. So I think that shows you that definitely they feel that they need uh, some help at, at wide receiver. I agree. I think defense played well today. I think some people point to the rushing yards they gave up as you know them not playing well. But I think you know in today's NFL, you're willing to give up those rushing yards as long as you don't give up explosive plays and put points on the board. And that formula ended up working. Like Deshaun said, they only gave up. 16 points and, you know, off of two turnovers, that's not a bad performance. So I would not put it on the defense today. And I think that's the difference, you know, with this team and the previous teams that kind of faltered after the second half of the season, that th- this defense is going to be able to keep them in games and give them a chance when, you know, the offense isn't playing well. So I, it's good to see the defense still performing and, you know, they're not like some crazy elite defense, but they're good at keeping teams out of the end zone. So and it's uncharacteristic of what Carr did today. So, you know, if we're looking for at silver linings, you know, Carr's not going to come out and throw two interceptions like that again. He just doesn't do that. So they did some uncharacteristic things today, but, uh, you know, it was just a bad game overall. And, um, you know, I, I still think there's some good you could take away from this. Yeah, I mean, one of the good things for me, I mean, I thought the running game, the offensive line early on, especially, I, I mean, that was as aggressive and violent as I've seen Josh Jacobs probably run this year. He's stiff arming guys. He's running over guys. You know, he he really looked like if this was going to be the kind of game where they were going to lean on him. And I know he he got nicked up uh, for a little while, left the game, did come back. Uh, you know, Kenyon Drake had some success a little bit on the ground. But I mean... The absence of Henry Ruggs really kind of showed itself where we kind of came into this year looking at this receiver group. And, you know, we see guys like John Brown and Willie Sneed basically asking for their releases because, you know, they're committed to these young guys and they're not really having a role. Well, all of a sudden you take Ruggs off the field and, you know, Hunter Renfro made some nice plays. Brian Edwards was pretty much invisible. Um, Darren Waller, obviously, as a tight end, uh, made some plays. And when he was asked about some of the red zone offense issues, um, kind of referencing the play at the end of the first half where he got open and Carr missed him. He kind of said like, well, you know, I don't know if Carr was pressured. I'd have to watch the film, which I think was his kind of way of saying, yeah, you know, I, I was there and it, it, it just wasn't, you know, the throw just didn't get there to me. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think there was some good things, but um, clearly this team needs some help and, and we'll see what Deshaun Jackson can provide. After the game, Renfro, he was, you know, complimentary of Zay Jones, you know, he say he still is a deep threat and at that dynamic, but you know, he's just being nice. Like, obviously, he, he doesn't have that kind of dynamic speed that someone like Henry Ruggs or Deshaun Jackson has, and, you know, he, he just can't stretch the field in that way. The, the defenses don't have to account for him in the same way. It doesn't, you know, draw attention away from guys like Darren Waller um, and, and open up things underneath for Hunter Renfro's of the world. And Deshaun Jackson, he's older. He's 34. He's turning 35 next month. But he's still fast, you know, and you can make him blow the top off of a defense in a way that if you don't account for it, you either get beat and, um, you know, then they start to keep that safety help over the top. And I think we saw in this game, I think particularly from Derek Carr, you know, he was trying to stay aggressive and what he's consistently done this entire season. But, you know, a lot of the times the plays just weren't there because guys weren't getting separation down the field. And you know, he was trying to force it. And I think that's why we, we saw some of those those interceptions and him holding the ball longer and ended up getting that fumble at the end of the game. I think that's something that, you know, we'll see if Deshaun Jackson, I don't, I don't think he'll be a, a starter right away. He's probably more of a situational type player that they implement when they need him. 
but just even adding that element and that threat to the offense can, can open things up in a way that, as we saw today, they're clearly missing without having rugs on the team anymore. I just think with rugs on the team, you have more space. Guys don't come down from the roof as hard on you guys because they're scared of um, that speed. So everything was just a little more tight for the offense today. And, you know, I think that's at least Jackson will provide a guy that will force a safe to stay over the top. People point to his age, but he still is really fast. I mean, he, you know, he's he hit some big plays this year. I think he recorded the ninth fastest miles per hour time so far this season. So, you know, he he's not 4-2 rug speed, but he he's still a dangerous threat. And I think he does provide a little bit more in the intermediate parts of the field uh, as a route runner, too. You know, but I still think overall rugs impact as just a guy that could run a 4-2 and still go over the top of you is a little bit more. But, I, you know, at this point where rugs was at his development, I, I, I still think Deshaun provide something close to it. It's just the problem with him is he has to be able to stay healthy. I think at his age, that would be somewhat of a question being able to, um, you know, finish this season off. But if he's healthy, I, I really do think that Deshaun provides something close to what Ruggs provided. I thought that today without Ruggs, they could have leaned heavier on the run game. I thought, you know, Jimmy mentioned how Josh looked really good today. I thought he did also. Even Drake came in at some big plays, both, you know, running and catching the ball. So I, I went back, I just followed my story. I looked at, so in their first red zone possession when they scored a touchdown, they ran the ball two out of three times. And the rest of the day, the five uh, red zone trips they didn't get a touchdown on, they had 16 plays, only ran the ball twice for five yards. So I think they could have definitely uh, run the ball more often in, in the red zone. I think even use Marcus Mariota. I think that one play, he, he came in fourth and two, he gained six yards. So I think when you're struggling, you've got to try different things, I think, sometimes. I think they didn't do that today. They kind of relied on that, you know, they just throw the ball and it'll work out. But I think there were other options that were there today that may have helped them uh, win the game. Yeah, that stuck out to me as well, because I think the first two games that Greg Olson had called, he seemed like he was very intentional about, you know, having that balanced approach. And when we saw the numbers kind of get back to being not quite 50-50, but they weren't passing it like crazy like they were at the beginning of the year. And, you know, I, I had to double check the numbers, but, you know, they were rushing the ball, I think, really well. You know, like, like you were saying, Jacobs, I think, is probably one of his better games this season. I mean, the offensive line has continued to, you know, develop and look better since they made that change, moving, moving Leatherwood inside. And so I, I didn't really understand it, especially since, you know, it was pretty much a one-score game the entire time. Uh, the Giants were running the ball really well. And so... Uh, I thought maybe they'd try to, like, get their defensive breather because they were clearly getting wore down in the run, day, run game and getting tired out toward the end of the game. And so I'd be interested to ask, uh, you know, either, you know, tomorrow or later in the week kind of what their reasoning was for going away from it like that. I don't really mind the lack of running in between the 20s because they were moving the ball, so it's hard to question their approach there. But definitely when they got into the red zone, you would think they would want to run the ball more and kind of uh, – commit to it the way Jacobs was was playing. So, yeah, I, I agree that was strange. In between the 20s, I, I didn't really have a, a problem with their approach and Lynn Carr kind of take over in those situations. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. You know, I think the other aspect of this game that, that deserves questioning, and um, you know, this was really the first time that we got to see Rich Bisaccia have to make some key game management decisions. And here, back-to-back possessions, they drive to the Giants' seven-yard line. They face a fourth and three from the seven, down by four points. I think any analytics guy is going to tell you you should probably go for it. You know, you're down, you're down four. A field goal gets you. You're still trailing. They kick a field goal. They get within one. Next possession, they're they're down seven, they're down four again. Get to the seven yard line, and they go for it. Or they they kick the field goal and they miss it. Same situation where they were down four points. Analytically, that that's that's not going to make uh, Rich Bisaccia very popular in that community. And for, I mean, I think for good reason. I mean, those were those are questionable decisions to kick field goals when you're down four and and you're down there in the red zone. And you know, I, I think the NFL's kind of taught you lately that you, you really need touchdowns to win games. Yeah, I agree. I don't have the stats handy, but it seems like they've been a very aggressive fourth down team all season long. I think they've done pretty well in fourth down. Uh, so I, I agree with you in those situations. It's a chance to kind of, you know, put your, your stamp on the game, kind of take charge. And again, those kind of going back and forth and maybe uh, give your offense a little bit of a jolt. But um, I guess, I guess you don't have a lot of confidence at that point. It wasn't, it, the day was not going the way they planned. So maybe he's wanted to play safe and, and get the points and move on. But uh, I agree with you. A more aggressive approach should have been was probably better there. You know, as an interim coach of a good team with with actual things on a line, you know, like you're not a bad team. You know, if you're interim coach for bad teams, I think some of those guys are more willing to take risks because you have nothing to lose. But you know, as interim coach for a good team, I, I wonder if that makes you a little bit more conservative because you don't want to, you know, you don't want to blow this opportunity. You're not used to taking those, making those type of decisions. You know, which is why I, I kind of wish there was a analytics guy that they just straight up listen to in these type of situations. I don't know if they do have it, but I would think if they did have that guy, they would have went for at least one of those four downs in this game. Especially considering the, the defense. Um, maybe that's you know, that, that might have been part of his, his thinking was that the defense was playing so well that you know we can just take whatever points we get and they'll give us another shot at it. And since they were moving the ball up and down the field, they felt like you know we'll, we'll get another one of these red zone chances. But even though it, it kind of played out, I mean they had a bunch of chances in the red zone, but they just kept kind of getting tight once they got down there and kind of playing conservative and playing for the field goal at, at times. And uh, you just kind of get stuck in this loop and that cycle. And I think that's something that this this team has struggled with, with for the last couple seasons. Um, you know they get down to the red zone often, like moving the ball is nothing issue but when it comes to capitalizing and, and maximizing those opportunities and getting six more often than three that's something they really struggled at yeah I mean you look at this final stat sheet I mean they have 24 first downs to the Giants 16 403 total yards to the uh, or net yards to the Giants 245 they average six yards per play to the Giants four and a half I mean when you consider the talent level of the team and you look at the stat sheet the you know, there really seems like there should be no reason that, that they lose this game. But the Giants were 6 of 12 on third down. 
And it's the three turnovers. It's a pick six. I mean, those are the kind of things that turn it. And obviously, it was Devontae Booker had a really nice game against his former team. He was at at over 100 yards at one point, and then he dipped back down and finished with 99. But we saw Devontae last year when he was with the Raiders and played the Broncos that he always seemed to elevate his game. And it looked like that was a little bit of what we saw again today, Devontae Booker going up against a former team. Yeah, the, the Raiders, you know, their run defense has been pretty bad all season. It is what it is at this point. You know, Max Crosby and, and Gakwe aren't the best run defenders in the world. And them playing a lot of light, lighter boxes and nickel personnel, they're kind of vulnerable to it. You know, kind of watching it live, it did seem like Jonathan Abram did, didn't did have his best game today. Um, he took a, a few bad angles that, that led to some of those explosive runs early on for Devontae Booker. But really week to week, almost every team that they, they go against is able to at least have a good yard per carry average, even if they don't run it that often and and it's kind of a game where it's a one score game and you know it's, it's not like the Giants had to you know mount some kind of comeback to where they had to go away from the run they were just consistently with the ball um, doing that pretty much the whole game and so eventually when it gets to these these games later on in the season I feel like teams are going to start exploiting that a little bit obviously some teams are just super pass heavy like the Chiefs or the Bills things of that nature but teams that can run the ball I feel like they're just going to continue to exploit this until the Raiders uh, account for it somehow. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned Ngakwe. We will highlight him. Obviously, has, has had another good game. Um, you know, in terms of the pass rush, two sacks, forced to fumble. Um, I mean, he really has come along the last, I think, what four, six sacks in the last four games, I believe. It doesn't manifest itself in a win today, but you know, we know what they have in Max Crosby, and we've seen what that addition is has given them uh, by having Yannick Ngakwe there. Um, as they get ready for Kansas City, you know, having those two guys, uh, you know, healthy and good to go for the second half of the season is going to be big, and we'll see um, if, if he can really keep this up. Because I mean, uh, the way he's playing right now, uh, rushing the passer, I mean, certainly a highlight of, of this game, and a guy that uh, is somebody who's capable of making game-changing plays for them. He said, you know, before the year started, that he and Max are going to be the, the best uh, pass rushing duo in the league, and. I swear, he might have been right. I mean, they're really, really good. They make impacts every week. And like you guys have said, defense today played well enough to win that game. That's, I mean, the run defense has some issues, but it's just, a, I think they're, what, ranked 29th in the league coming into today, so it's not a good run defense. That's been established. But otherwise, they're, they're pretty good, give this, chance, give this team a chance to win. So definitely, going against the Chiefs, those two guys are going to be huge. There's just uncharacteristic mistakes that happened today, like, Cards is just not a guy that's going to be throwing a bunch of interceptions and Colton Miller giving up that sack when he's been one of the best pass blockers in the league throughout the season. It was just kind of a a mess of a game. And I think the silver lining is that the Raiders lost in a way that by doing making mistakes, they don't usually make. So you would assume that they would regress back to the mean and become and do the things that they do well again after this game. But at the end of the day, it's a loss and it's just a missed opportunity, especially coming off a bye week and going against the Chiefs next week. Yeah, I mean, it's not like this was, you know, the Falcons game or the Jets game of the last couple years where they just came out and showed nothing, gave nothing. Um, This was a game more where they just, they weren't sharp. And again, we talked about the whole emotions of the week and everything that the team went through and they refused to make that, that excuse. But if that is why they weren't sharp, you can't really blame them. I mean, if that's why Derek Carr didn't play very well, I mean, of everybody on this team, Derek Carr probably, you know, experienced the emotions as much as everybody, as anybody. You know, he was the one player who spoke during the week to the media. He's he's the guy who is the face of the franchise and, and kind of ha- is re- in charge of rallying this team. So you would understand if, you know, I, I know he kind of 
responded to like, oh, you know, that that interception, that's not because, you know, the emotions. And that's not the point. The, the point is that when you spend the whole week kind of dealing with all the stuff that you're dealing with, it can drain you. You know, it can drain you physically, emotionally. I mean, I think we've probably all have been pretty drained by the end of this week. So you can understand, even if they won't don't want to make that excuse, you can understand if they were just a little bit more drained than normal. Yeah, I mean, like one of their close friends just ruined his life, you know. So of course it's emotionally wearing. And but I, I did like that they didn't use that as excuse because I felt like you know we've seen in the past when stuff happened, Gruden would be like. I don't want to make this excuse and then list a, like a bunch of excuses, but I felt like like as a team, they were all pretty adamant that we're not going to let this be an excuse and we're going to try to move on from this. I'm not trying to like make the comparison between like, you know, the Gruden situation and the rug situation because they're obviously very different, but the, in the way that the team has to handle it is very much so the same. It's like they just got to put their head down and keep going. And that's been their mindset really, you know, no matter what happens. And as we've seen this season, who knows what's going to happen. Uh, I know since we recorded our last podcast. I don't think we talked about, you know, Damon Arnett and his situation. Uh, he got in a lawsuit for allegedly having a hit and run last year. And he also had a, a video surface on social media with weapons in it. Um, and so, like, you know, we, we, never, we don't know what might happen with that moving forward. And so, and anything, you know, so many things can happen. And what they've shown so far is they're a team that, you know, whether they win or lose, like whatever's going on off the field, they're going to stay bonded together and stay focused and not let it rattle them as an overall unit. You know, it doesn't guarantee that they're going to make the playoffs or, you know, go on a run here. But uh, I, don't, I don't think we'll see a situation where, you know, they look like they're not trying out there or they aren't giving their all. Yeah, I think Ngakwe said they, they're a very mature team. I think that was well put. Like they're definitely, I mean, no one knows. The, the situation is so tragic and so unique. I think it's hard to quantify what effect it has on a team. I mean, they played well in sports today, but I'm sure going forward, it'll probably be easier to play football after, you know, I mean, than it was today. So I think they are a very mature team. I think they made some mistakes today, but I think looking long-term and towards the rest of this year, uh, they should be in a position to, uh, to get back on track, I would think, against the Chiefs. I think we'll uh, wrap this one up with that. Um, you know, the Raiders, it's a loss. They're still 5-3. and three. Um, The Chargers won to get to 5-3 uh, and three as well. The Broncos went to Dallas and, like, dominated the Cowboys were up 30 to nothing until Dallas scored like two late touchdowns. Uh, I did not see that one coming. So the Broncos are, are suddenly five and four. Now chiefs beat the Aaron Rodgerless uh, Packers. So like, they get to five and four. Every team in the AFC West has five wins. It's uh, two, five and three teams and two, five and four teams, nine games in. It is a eight, nine games in. Uh, it is a wide open division. All you guys question Vic Fangio, man. Don't sleep on the Vicks. The Vicks, they, they, they come back strong. I think you were the one that buried him the most. Was, you you was, were the first one to bury yes, the, the I was, Vic Fangio. Yes, I was. I was. <laughs> going to be a big one obviously we'll spend this week getting you guys ready for the raiders and chiefs uh but sunday night football um it's a big opportunity to take down a chiefs team that is not playing well uh they obviously got lucky today not having to face aaron Rodgers. i think it's there we saw what vegas did with that betting line uh how much it swinged when it was suddenly jordan love making his first nfl start so big opportunity for the raiders uh on sunday and we'll get into that later this week and uh, appreciate everybody listening. And uh, the Raiders fall to 5-3. and three. It's a 23-16 loss to the New York Giants. Uh, they'll head back home, and uh, we'll see what they do next week against the Chiefs. All right, y'all. Later, guys. Adios.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.